Sunday. But a few weeks ago, somebody who travels on Sundays and ministers to different churches was here. And uh, so uh, when they were here, uh, they didn't have a Sunday to speak somewhere and whatever, so they were here at church a few, just a few weeks ago. We were in this series. They wrote me a week or so ago and said, I'm telling you that message you preached was so powerful. I have heard about the Lord's Prayer all my life. Uh, I was reared in church, all this, but you just brought some things to life. I took notes after notes after notes and went home and preached it to my spouse. And so uh, is there any way I can listen to all of it? And I said, absolutely. I sent them the link. I was so honored. I was so touched that they were touched by that Sunday. And this series has, I think, impacted our church. Kind of like the neighbor series, hopefully, has impacted you like it impacted me. Uh, I just had so many uh, people talk to me about this series. So today, once again, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, all right? Your Bible maybe now falls open to Matthew chapter 6. I don't know. But uh, once again, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. So let's all stand because every Sunday we've been doing this. Hopefully, you don't need to cheat. But if you do, it's okay because we have it on the screens. But let's all say this prayer together from the King James Version. It goes like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right, give yourselves a hand. You did good. You know, I think when it comes to temptation, some of us kind of categorize it. It's kind of like sin. And, And so we look at some people, oh, man, that dude really messed up. Because it was like on CNN. <laughs> you know, it was like on, on the USA Today. Uh, you know, and so we look at that, we think, wow, they fell into temptation, no doubt. But sometimes we look at some of the stuff that we do, like when we're angry at other people, as a lesser temptation or a lesser sin in our lives. But this weekend, we want to look at, Lord, don't let us fall into temptation. And so this is the last of the petitions that we're to ask God about. There are a series of petitions, and we've covered those the last couple weeks, that we are to ask God for or about each day. And this is the last one that we're going to look at, and it's in regard to temptation and deliverance. Deliverance. Maybe you think you know someone who needs deliverance, you know? Maybe it's your boss or whatever, I don't know. But uh, we're going to look at deliverance, at, at delivering us from evil, and that means God protect us. 
we need to pray for protection in our lives. So if you have your notes in hand, you want to fill in the blanks here, here's where we're going to go. We're going to talk about overcoming temptation. How do we overcome temptation? First of all, let's understand where does temptation originate? You know, where, where does it come from? Where does the Bible teach that temptation comes from? Because when I read this, it kind of messes with me. I don't know if it does with you. But when it says, and I'm praying, lead us not into temptation, then it's like, is God tempting me? You know, is he messing with me? Where, where's this coming from? And so... What you need to understand today, and I'll prove it to you in a moment, is God cannot tempt you. Okay, there are some things that God cannot do. He cannot act against his character. In other words, God cannot lie. You know, he's just not going to do that. And he cannot go against his promises. That he's made. And this is a, another good one. God is love. He just is love. So God cannot stop loving you. Isn't that good? I thought maybe you might clap over that. I, I didn't want sure, but might like that one. So James, the brother of Jesus, and you just got to love that. You know, that the brother of Jesus, kind of like half-brother, because we know Jesus was the son of God, but Mary and Joseph had other children. And, and so James didn't believe that Jesus was the Savior until he rose from the dead. And then it's like, yeah, that works. That works for me. Uh, you know, when you can predict your death and burial and resurrection and pull it off, I think you're the son of God. And so James talks about temptation and helps us understand it. James chapter 1, if you could bring that scripture up for us. Here's what James said. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, now understand, we've got trial, we've got test. And we've got temptation so far, right? And they all look like they're interchanged. Like it doesn't matter which word you use. And when tempted then, after he's just talked about trials and testings, no one should say, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt what? Anyone. See, he's not tempting anyone, James says. But here, just so you know how it works, here's how it works. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Turn to the person next to you and say, that that sounds like me. (laughs) That sounds like me, right? So... He says we're blessed and we're rewarded when we endure. Now, to endure means to hold your ground against anything. 
You know, maybe in, in football, you're, you're being taught right now, if you play football at school, that, that hold your ground. Don't give it up. Don't give up the turf. Don't give up. You know, hold that line of defense. And, and, and so he says, for those who endure, who hold the line, you'll be blessed. And don't let anyone say that God pulled you away because you were drawn away, James said. You were drawn away. And then, once you got drawn away, the enemy jumped on it. Because the enemy goes around looking for who he can work on. He's watching. He's looking. And, And the Bible says, Peter says, and don't give him a foothold. Don't let him get his foot in the door. Because once that happens, then, then it's a real battle. And, and so he uses our desires, and he uses uh, some of the God-given desires that we have, but he tries to get us to even meet a legitimate need, listen to this, in an illegitimate way. See, because you, you may be married, and, and you have a need or desire for sex with your spouse, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. God invented sex. But here's, here's what he said. I want it to be with Adam and Eve only. That's it. That's it. Just, just that. So not Steve, you know, or, or anybody else, you know. I don't want five, six, whatever. I want... Two people, one lifetime. That's God's plan. That's God's plan for all. And so he says, says, says that we should, we should just do it in those confines. So when you step out of your marriage to somebody else, see, you're trying to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. And so, so another way, here, here's another way, is maybe, uh, you know, we all have a desire, we all have a need for money, because, you know, it costs money at the grocery, anybody know that? Been there lately? So, so you say, well, you know what, my company's just not paying me enough. And they're not, not I, I'm worth more than they're paying me, and so I think I figured out a way. And nobody will know. And I can just take a little extra. What are you doing? Yeah. See, you're trying to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. And that is how James says that he works in our lives. He tries to get us enticed. He, he, he like holds out some bait and says, hey, will you go for this? You know, it's like being at the mall, and you're on a diet, and you smell Cinnabon. And you're like, now, nah, I came for jeans, you know. I, that's, that's what I need, but, mmm, I don't know right now. I, I think maybe, well, let me just go look. Let me, let me just see. I wonder if they're fresh. I wonder... Yeah, they're fresh. <laughs> My goodness, they're fresh. And it's, it's smelling even better over here than it was over there. How many know what I'm talking about? 
And next thing you know, you're eating one, right? And, and you blow your diet, and you're like, I didn't intend to do that, but the bait was there, right? And, and, and it's because your focus got shifted off of your purpose. Hello? See, your, your purpose was to go there and do this one thing, but you got shifted over. You, you refocused on something else. Let me show you how this power of focus works in Target, right? When you're in line. When you're in line. And there's some crying baby behind you in the buggy. And, and the mama's like trying to figure out what to do and all. And she's like, shut up and everything and, and all. And, and you're like, I wish he would, you know. And, and um, so this line's not moving fast enough. And all of a sudden, mom pulls out some candy. What happens? Instantly. No crying. It's like a miracle. It's like the, what happened? Now I'm not worried. I'm not focused on my boo-boo. I'm not focused on whatever else. I, what I'm focused on is this candy right here. See? And so the enemy knows how it works. And so he tries to get us to shift our focus. Let me tell you something. He tried to do this with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, here's what it says. The tempter, that's what the Bible calls the enemy. The tempter came to him, came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now let me just set this up. Jesus has been fasting for maybe 40 days. Can somebody say hangry? Like, I, I'm past hungry now. You know, I'm ready to jack somebody up. I mean, you know, when you get, anybody get hangry in your family and everybody's like looking for food. They're like, stuff something in his mouth, you know, because eh, we don't need any of that. And, and so Jesus had a legitimate need. But the enemy says, why don't you meet that in an illegitimate way? And so the enemy tries to work in our lives, and he tried this with Jesus and tried to trip him up because what he tries to do is get us to focus on what we shouldn't be focused on. What we need to get focused on is on God in our lives. Because how many of you would say, I probably could use some more God in my life, right? I, I, that's probably what I need more than anything else. And, and when the enemy knows you're not taking time for recreation or fun in your life, then he'll say, look over here. Here's some fun. Doesn't that look fun? You know, you should come over here. It's fun over here. And so what happens is because you've got a need and you're not taking care of it in a legitimate way, the enemy offers a counterfeit. Listen to that. It's not real joy, it's counterfeit joy. And the reason why it's counterfeit is because it doesn't last. See, it doesn't last. And the joy that God gives lasts. And so the enemy tries to get us to settle for counterfeit. Now here's the next thing, is how do I resist temptation? You know, if God's not tempting me, but temptation is real, then how do I resist it? Because God 
won't, listen to this, mislead us. The word temptation, you know, it may also mean trial or testing. So James says that, that, that these testings and trials, look at what James says also. In, in James chapter 1, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, see, trials, testings, temptations of your faith, what's it do? It develops something. Perseverance in our lives. And so these words are interchangeable here. When Matthew talks about temptation, it could be trial or testing. Now, let me ask this question. Would God ever lead you into a test? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, he would lead you into a test. And, and, and the reason why he would lead us into a test is to develop our character. To help us to be stronger. To help us to be better. And so what we're supposed to do in that temptation is to pray for protection. Because God will lead us into times where we're put to the test. Look at this. What Matthew says about Jesus back at the story of his temptation. When Jesus was led by who? The Spirit, not the devil. Doesn't say the devil. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted by the devil. So, so the Holy Spirit was leading Jesus into the desert or the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, why would God do that? For the good of his Son. And I'll show you something even more powerful here in a moment. But he did it for the good of his son. Because look at what Luke tells us about this temptation. Luke chapter 4 says Jesus returned. He came out of that wilderness and returned where? To Galilee in the power of the Spirit. See, when you go through a testing... When you go through a trial, when you go through a temptation, God's end goal, you only see the moment. You only see right now. You only see Cinnabon. You know, you, you only see whatever's in front of you. You only see in this. But God says, no, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing you're going to come out of this in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's God's intention in your life and mine. In other words, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Because the enemy thought when he tempted you again, like he's done before, you'd reach for the bottle like you have before. But this time, instead of reaching for the bottle, you reached for the Bible. And you said, no, hold on. I, I'm not going to reach for that again. I know where that led the last time. 
And, and so I'm going to reach for this this time. Instead of reaching for the prescription, I'm reaching for a scripture. And I'm going to reach into here and find out that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, it says, will raise up a standard against him. That weeping may endure for the night. Come on, somebody. But joy, joy comes in the morning. So I'm not going to lower my head and lower my hands. I'm going to raise my head and raise my hands to the God who is, who was, who is to come, who is greater than any trial, any temptation I can ever have. If you believe that today, give God a shout of praise. Because he is tempting you or allowing you to be tempted, rather, for your good. To come out in the power of the Spirit. And let me tell you why else he had Jesus go through all that. It's because Hebrews tells us that we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But who was in all points, listen to this, tempted like we are, but yet was without sin. See, you cannot pray to a God and say to him, you don't understand. You don't get it. Because the Bible says, oh, he gets it. Because not only was he tempted like you, he was tempted like me, and he was tempted like everyone, and anyone would ever be tempted. He had every temptation come his way and won victory over it. So today, he stands at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I because he gets it. He knows it. He feels it. When you pray, he knows what you're saying. I love that about God. I love that about him because he sympathizes with us and his intent is you and I will come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're to pray, Lord, help us in our hour of temptation. See, I love how we can get a hold of the Scripture and put it in our hearts. The Bible says that the psalmist said, I'm going to hide your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. See, there's power in putting the word inside. That's the reason why people say different things about me. And one of the things I love is when they'll say, you make it understandable. Because we're not here today just to shout, Okay. We're not here today just for some spiritual high so I can get through the week. You know, that's not it. We're here today to get a download from what God has for our lives because His Word is 
powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is amazing. I'm telling you, it has held me when nothing else has, when nothing else has given me strength. This Word has strengthened me when I felt like I couldn't go on. I couldn't go another day. There's been a Word that's come in my heart, not from you, not from somebody, but from Him direct through His Word that has lifted me and given me power beyond what I can receive in this world. So what does God do for us in temptation? If he's not tempting us and we're to pray during temptation, well, what's God going to do? Uh, here's what God's going to do when you pray. Jesus said it. You pray, deliver me. Deliver me. Get me out of this. And you know what? There's one of the greatest promises. 1 Corinthians. Here's what it says. Chapter 10, I think it is. Verse 13. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. In other words, honey, get off your high horse, all right? Because I know you think nobody's seen the trouble you're in. Your pain's greater than other human and whatever. Get over yourself, all right? Other people have had that too. Uh, And Jesus has undergone way more than you'll ever go through in this lifetime. But here's the good news. Is God is faithful. And he will not let you. He will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I love these two promises. The promise is, first of all, God won't allow you to be tempted above what you can handle. That's an awesome promise because God's trusting you that you can handle this. But here's the second promise is there's a way out. There's a way out. And some of you, you know that too late, right? Because you've got stories where you didn't go out the window. It was there, but you didn't take it. There was another path, but you chose dumb, right? Anybody choose dumb? I'm talking about last week, you know? For some, but some of you, you know, we don't want to choose dumb anymore. We don't want to ignore the window when it's there. And so he will make a way of escape every time. And so what we've got to understand is like what Peter said. I love what Peter said, Second Peter. Here's what he said. He says, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. See, you don't know how. You may not know how. You, you may say, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know what, what I should do next. I, I don't know uh, what, what choice to make here or whatever. The good news is God knows. God knows. God knows exactly what you need to do. So that's why you need to pray. See, that, that's why you need to pray to him and ask him to help. Because that is our part. Our part in this is not to fight off temptation by ourselves. Our part in this is to realize we are weak and he is strong. 
And so what I need to do is pray and say, God, because Jesus is trying to teach this. He's saying, hey, when you pray each day, pray this. And you better pray for protection. You better pray for the ability to see the window. You better pray for the ability to understand the bait is being put out there in front of you and have the willpower and the strength through God in the power of the Spirit to come out of it and to win victory over it. And so protection and victory is part of our daily prayer life. God, I know I'm weak, but you are strong. And so God today... When I come against any trial, any temptation, or if today's the day that some new testing starts in my life, and I I don't want that, but I know, God, your intent is even if I'm led into that, that I will come out better than the way I went in. And so, God, I want to come out better each time, and I don't want to face it. And let me tell you something, friend. You don't want to face it on your own. You don't want to face the enemy on your own. And so we pray, and if we pray, we'll overcome. And he says, pray for protection from the evil one. Now, some translations say the evil one. Some translations say evil. Uh, Jesus spoke in Aramaic, and so the Arabic and Syriac translations of this are the closest to what Jesus spoke, and both of them translate this verse, the evil one. And so I I really lean toward that because I think Jesus, who was tempted, and in Matthew's gospel, just two chapters earlier, and he tells us, I'll tell you who does it, who's behind it, who's, who's really trying to work on it, is the evil one. The evil one. There is an enemy. How many know that? There, there is an enemy. And, and I, I see him at work when I'm driving. Anybody with me? Lady last week, turning around, doing some kind of U-turn thing in a two-lane road. I'm driving down, and I'm like, what are you doing? Because I knew it wasn't going to work. And now she broadside out in the road. And so I just, I, I just slowed up because I'm like, bless her heart. <laughs> See, I'm growing. I, I'm better. I said, bless her heart, you know. And so I just didn't get close or whatever, like you doofus or whatever, you know, out here. And I just gave her room so she could... She could, but she didn't even give the acknowledgement wave, you know? I mean, what, what was that? But even still, that's okay. Because, you know, sometimes, here's what happens. The enemy is at work, and, and seriously, he is really at work. And if you don't believe that, just turn on the news, right? And you, you can see enough of his handiwork. You can see enough of what he's trying to do, of evil just running rampant and and all kinds of division, all kinds of stuff. And and there's all this going on out there, this swirl of stuff. 
And in the midst of that, we need to have his word in our hearts. See, so, so if I were you and I was a parent, I'd have my kid in the student ministry at Crossroads Church. I, I'd have them plugged in to CSM. I don't care how much I've got to drive. I don't care how inconvenient it is or whatever, or whatever I'd like to do or whatever. I want to get them around good influence in their life. I want them around adults and other students who are trying to please God with their lives. It just makes sense to me. I know from being reared like that what an impact it made because they're going to choose some friends. Why don't you want them to choose spiritual ones? And, and so get them under that influence every chance you get. Hello? That's free advice, all right, today to every parent here. So... There's an enemy at work, and let me tell you, here's kind of how, why prayer is so important. One day, Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, Satan wants you. I don't know about you, but if I was Peter, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. He says, yeah, but listen to this. I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. So I want you to know today that there is a great high priest up in heaven, the Bible teaches. Whoever lives to make intercession for you and I, and sometimes I just can't hardly even grasp the thought of how there is a God in heaven that the Lord Jesus Christ sometimes just sees me down on this planet and says, that Craig, boy, you know, the devil wants him. He wants to get him, but I'm going to pray for him right here, right now. And I'm telling you, you never know when your great intercessor, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God is standing up for you, is praying over you. And not only that, you need other people praying for you too. Because in the hour, in the valley, in the tribulation, in the testing, in the trial, whatever you want to call it, in the muck, the mire of life, when you're in the midst of that and you don't know left from right or whatever, you need somebody who's holding on to the living God for you to help you pull through in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, I think that prayer, I think of it as like a covering in our lives. So, so I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking how much I love my jacket. This is my newest jacket, all right? And I bought this because uh, one thing is it's lightweight, you know? And I don't like a jacket where it feels like I'm carrying another person, you know? And, and so I bought it because when it's warmer outside, but it's raining outside, this thing's waterproof. That's why I bought it. It's waterproof. And I've tested it. I've been out there when it's raining and blowing and whatever. And you know what? I come in dry. I love that. 
And see, prayer, we, we, some of us in the church world, we call it like a prayer covering. And, and when we pray and, and say every day, just like, God, I, give me my daily bread. God, provide for me, provide for my family, provide for my church, provide for my friends, provide for us. God, we pray your provision. And God, uh, release me from owing somebody else. I, I don't want to be indebted to somebody else. I, I, I don't want them to have hurt me and now I won't forgive them. But God, let me forgive as you've forgiven me. And then God, oh God, when tempting comes, when trials, when testings come, God, cover me. Cover me. So that no matter how hard the wind blows, come on somebody, no matter how hard the downpour, no matter how many demons or devils line up against me, no matter what comes my way, you will cover me and I'll come out in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. If you believe God wants to do that in your life today, give him a shout of praise in this place. He is our deliverer. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray for those who might be going through testings, trials, and tribulations. God, there may be all kinds of stuff going on. Or God, I pray for those who are about to have it. That you'll be with us. Because if you are for us, who can be against us? Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want to come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to come out of this trial. I want to come out of every testing. I want to come out of every temptation in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to have the wisdom to recognize a window is open and, and not to sit there in that room any longer when God has provided a way of escape. I want to have the wisdom. I want to have the insight. I want to have the intuitiveness with the Holy Spirit to be able to see that and act on it. I want to live my life in the victory of God and the power of His Spirit in me. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand say yes 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 whether I'm in it today or it's coming my way I'm going to live in victory like that father in heaven I thank you for it what would happen this week God if every one of us that's raising a hand would get unleashed in the school would get unleashed at our work would get unleashed in our neighborhood and demonstrate a life of victory a life that's not bound by sin a life that's not incarcerated by trials and testings and temptations. God, deliver us from the evil one that we might prove your power and your strength in our lives each day. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I, I don't feel like I'm clothed with the presence of God. And maybe it's because you don't feel like you have that relationship that Jesus was talking about where you can just talk to God every day. Where, where you can just feel maybe in sense that He's with you. 
And that He's leading and guiding and directing your life. And maybe, maybe you believe in God, and that's, that's wonderful to think that, but, but maybe you haven't taken another step of walking with God. You believe there's a God, but there's more than that. You've got to walk with God. Today, maybe you want to start that walk with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I, I don't know what that means exactly, but if it means like what you're talking about, that God's power, God's presence would be in my life each day and that I could know Him personally and, and I could know that I'm a child of God, if that's your desire today, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, please pray for me right now. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Over here, back here, several hands in the air. God bless you over here. All right, whether you've prayed this before, whether this is the first time ever in your life to declare your allegiance to God, your surrender to Him. Church family, I want you to encourage everybody around you by praying this prayer with me right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned. But I want to start over. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to wash away my past and give me a new beginning. Please deliver me from the evil one and surround me in my life each and every day. Thank you for accepting me. As a child of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on. It's awesome. Listen, a bunch of people already signed up for Starting Point, and, and, and it's our help to help you grow in your faith. It's a group of people getting together to talk.